Hey, my name is Brianna, and you're listening to the FCC Grayson Podcast. God is doing some incredible things here at First Church. To learn more about FCC and maybe plan your visit, head on over to FCCGrayson.com. We hope today's message gives you hope, inspires, and encourages you in your walk with God. Let's dive into today's message. Well, before I get into my message this morning, I just want to take just a few moments and have uh, have a little bit of family time with everybody that's watching here. And I understand that uh, you know, I'm seeing a, a lot of people on the live stream who um, who attend other churches, and you know that's that's fantastic. Uh, we're we're glad to be together. I'm glad that the Lord has provided technology uh, for many churches uh, to be able to still be able to get together if it's uh, if if only it's virtual right now. But I just kind of wanted to take a moment, and just from my heart to yours, number one, to tell you that um, I miss you guys. Um, I hope that uh, I hope that everyone is doing well through this. Know that uh, you're on our hearts, um, you're you're in our thoughts, and you're most definitely in our prayers. Please, if you, um, if, we we all have a certain amount of time now. Reach out to folks. Uh, reach out to your, um, your your church friends, your church family, your coworkers. Uh, just reach out um, and and just make sure that they're doing okay. Just share an encouraging word with them. Uh, I just I, I kind of wanted to just say that our normal, but at this time this is where we find ourselves, and this is doing the best with what we have and being the best that we can possibly be in this moment. So I just wanted to encourage you. This is, in my opinion, this is not a violation of Hebrews 13, of forsaking the gathering together. This is still honoring God. This is still loving God while loving our neighbors. This is still respecting the governments that God has established and he has placed in authority over our lives. This is not something that is just church specific. This is not all other organizations and public places can meet and do as they want to. And it's only the churches that are being asked to not congregate. This is something that's affecting all of us. Uh, and businesses, organizations, churches, nonprofits, everything uh, is being affected by this. So I, I just wanted to encourage you that it's okay to not be okay with this on some levels. And I cannot wait. I personally cannot wait until we're able to meet together here again in this room and we can see each other face to face and, and speak with one another. But at this time, what other time in your life can you remember that there is a better opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ? What better time is, has, has it been for mankind that's open, that's feeling helpless, that's feeling powerless, that's feeling lost, to have and, and open the doors and entertain the conversations about the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice? I, the only one I can think of is, that's even comparable is maybe 9-11. Uh, and I'm not for certain, even living through that time, while there was so many people open to it, I don't know if they were as open to it then as they are now. But just be encouraged. Uh, reach out to us. Know that we're praying for you. If you would like for us to be praying for you, uh, go to FCCGrayson.com backslash prayer slash request. 
Uh, if you just go to FCCGrayson.com or go on the app, there's a, there's a little card there that has, if you scroll along through it, you'll see prayer requests. Just fill that out. Let us know how we can be praying for you. But this morning, if you have your Bibles there at home, go ahead and turn to the book of Psalm chapter 25. Now, we're going to be taking a little bit of a step away from Daniel this week. I wanted to kind of address some things, maybe this current situation from a scriptural point of view and look through it, look at it through a scriptural lens. So I don't know how long we're going to step away from Daniel. We may come back to it next week. We may not. I'm, I'm not for certain right now. I'm just doing my best uh, and the staff are doing our best to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading through this time. And we want to make sure that whatever we're speaking, whatever we're sharing, whatever we're singing is 100% inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now, you all know me well enough. You know that I'm not going to say everything right. I'm going to uh, mess words up. I'm going to transpose them. English is hard for me sometimes, people. But know that our heart is, regardless if we're saying it perfectly or not, that we are 100% being led by the Holy Spirit. So in the book of Psalm chapter 25, if we look at the big theme of this passage, if, I'm, if I would have to kind of boil it down to one statement as a big theme, I think that Psalm 25 teaches us how to seek God in hard times. In difficult times like we're facing now, our number one priority is to seek God during this time period. And that this, as I was reading this over the past couple days, I was reminded of a New Testament book called James. And in chapter 1, verses 5 and 6 of the book of James, chapter 1, says, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Now, I believe that the context of James' statements here in verses 5 and 6 was really set up and should be viewed through his comments in verses 2 and 3 when he begins to talk about, count it all a joy, brethren, when you encounter various trials. When you're facing these hard times, let's look at verse 5 and 6 through that, that we must ask in faith without any doubting in the midst of this trial, in the midst of the storm, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Pastor Stephen Cole, in his comments on Psalm 25, says this, So we could rightly say that Psalm 25 is a school book lesson on how to live so as to please God and be blessed by Him in the context of difficult trials. Now, at least for me, I think that we can look at the chapter 25 of the book of Psalm in three different major themes. The first would be trials. The second is we see David seeking the Lord for wisdom in difficult times. And thirdly, he brings home this point that the Lord's faithful in delivering us from these trials for his glory and for our ultimate good. So let's look at the first major theme that I see here through these trials, and that is God's people will find themselves in difficult and sometimes even very frightening situations. Now, we don't know exactly what David's circumstances are in chapter 25, but he kind of gives us some hints as to some of the things that's going on, and I want to read you that list here. In verses 2 and 3, David states that he has enemies that are seeking to harm him. 
In verse 19, he says that these enemies are many in number, and they have a legitimate hatred for David. In verse 15, it says that they have gained the advantage over him. In verses 16 and 17, David describes feeling lonely and afflicted, and he states that his troubles are actually growing worse instead of getting better as he's writing this. And then in verses 4 and 5, verses 8 and 9, 12 and 14, David repeatedly requests God to teach him, to guide him, to instruct him. And to me, this implies that if David is repeatedly asking for God to give him wisdom, to guide him, this means that David is facing a moment or moments, multiple, of confusion in his life, that he is going back repeatedly to seek God's wisdom and to seek God's guidance as he's going through these things. And I think that if David, who from his youth was a man of God, someone that the Bible describes as a man after God's own heart, who is probably in his early 60s at this point, or at least in that ballpark range, if David needs to seek God during these times, and if David was facing trials, facing difficulties well into his lifetime, that means he's not exempt from them, so we should have no expectation that we would be exempt from trials and difficult times also. Now, I understand. I get it. My default button is also this concept of when trials, when difficult situations and circumstances come into my life, my initial first reaction is I want to almost just throw my hands up in the air. Just start asking God why. Almost start blaming God. Say, God, I've, and then I start pleading my case. God, I've, I've been, I've tried to be faithful. God, I've tried to be just. I've tried to live rightly. I've tried to live holy. God, I pray. I read my Bible. I give. I do all of these things. I try to be obedient to you. Why is this happening? Well, the reality of it is we're not exempt from difficult times. Sometimes I believe that we as Christians have this mindset that if we're following Christ, then nothing bad is ever going to happen. Then there's never going to be any challenging circumstances. There's never going to be any uh, any any things that we face that can strike fear into us. But I think that that is pretty clearly defined not to be the truth by many of the statements of Jesus talking about how we would suffer, how we would face trials, how James said we will count it all a joy, brethren, when you face different and various trials. And then... We look in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 4, verse 12, and we see this written, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. As all through the Bible, we see men and women, godly men and women, facing dangerous, difficult, and multiple trials and situations. Now, I think that it would be a stretch for me to say that any of us really saw this coming. You know, what exactly what happened with this COVID-19 coronavirus, with, with all of these ripple effects that's coming from this, and just how, just up in the air, just how chaotic and uncertain all of life feels right now. I don't think any of us saw this particular thing coming. But I think it would also be a stretch for us to truly be surprised that we're facing something like this. I mean, if we look back at 1 Peter 4, don't be surprised at this fiery ordeal that's coming on you. 
Don't think of it as something strange that's happening to you because we live in a fallen, dark world and there are moments when kind of the the veil is is pulled apart. We see behind the curtain. We get a look at the glimpse. You know, we get a glimpse of the wizard in Oz and we really see how dark this world is and we see how fallible we are and how out of control that we really there, there, we really have a very little and small amount of control. And I think that if we have this mindset that we're never going to face trials, we're never going to face bad things, then my only counsel to you is read your Bible more. Get in there and really dig into it because if we have that mindset, it goes contrary to what Scripture actually teaches us. But the second thing that I think that we see in this passage is that in whatever trials we find ourselves, seek God and his wisdom for what to do. I think that one of the main reasons for such trials coming into our lives is to get us to seeking him more fervently as we, in moments like this, truly recognize just how completely dependent upon him that we are. I think it's in these moments, again, we see how truly dark the world is around us, and I think we really see how helpless how powerless that we really are. Now, I was messaging, text messaging with a pastor friend of mine just a couple days ago and just kind of checking in on him. And then, just while, while I'm thinking about it, check in on your pastor. Uh, this is not necessarily a plea for myself, but if you're watching this and you attend another church, reach out to your pastor, reach out to those, uh, to your elders, to your leaders. Um, just like you have never faced a time like this before, we've never pastored or led a church during a pandemic. Uh, so just reach out to them. And as I'm thinking about it, like I said earlier, reach out to your friends, reach out to your family, reach out to the elderly. Listen, reach out to the extroverted people. They are not in a good place right now. Okay, and as, as we're continuing, reach out, check on your conspiracy theory friends, because they are really, really not well right now. But anyhow, let me get, let me get off that rabbit trail. I was texting with my pastor friend, and I just, I made the statement that I don't understand how anyone, that it was beyond my comprehension how anyone could navigate life, period, without Jesus Christ. But especially during this time, I don't understand how anyone could navigate what we're going through without the hope of Jesus Christ. And church, understand something. Jesus Christ is our hope, period. He is the only source of hope. Our hope is not in a cure. It's not in finding a vaccine. It's not in passing legislation. It's not in what our government can do to help us as far as aid packages and et cetera. Now, listen, hear me out. Those are not bad things. And those are necessary things, and they are helpful things, but they are not things in which we need to place our hope. There is no better time right now than to lean into the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ and God's grace to get us through this situation, through the shed blood, the broken body, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is our hope and our only source of hope, not only for today, but it's also our source of hope for eternity. And my friends, that amidst any amount of chaos, that is good news. John Calvin writes in his commentaries on the 25th chapter of Psalms 
He says this, but we must know that as often as God withdraws his blessings from his own people, it is for the purpose of awakening them to a sense of their condition and discovering to them how far removed they still are from the perfect fear of God. They go on to say nothing is more inconsistent with true and sincere prayer to God than to waver and gaze about as the heathen do, looking for some help from the world. Again, if David, who is such a godly man, who is such a wise man, who is someone who is known to have depended on God, if David in his moments of crisis, in his moments of struggle, if he repeatedly cried out for God to give him more wisdom and to guide him and lead him even more, church, how much more do you and I need to be crying out to God for that? Now, I think there's a couple things I want to mention to you on how we should be seeking God through this situation, because I believe that there are proper ways that we can seek the Lord through this. And the first is to confess your sins and ask for his forgiveness. It's what we see David do in this passage. David confesses his sin. He doesn't try to make excuses. He doesn't try to justify them. He doesn't try to give asterisk moments on them of, well, you see, what had happened was, or anything like that. What we see is David recognizing that he has fallen short and that he continually falls short of the glory of God. Friends, you and I need to come to that same place that we recognize our sins, we repent of our sins, and we ask God to forgive us for us falling short, not only in our past, but now, because just as David, you and I, continually fall short of the glory of God. The second way I believe that we need to be seeking the Lord that we see in this passage is that we need to review and affirm God's attributes. I think it's difficult or it would be almost impossible, if not impossible, for us to truly seek God during such a time as this if we did not remember who God was, who he is, and who he's always going to be. David lists just a few of the attributes of God in this passage. He says that God is trustworthy and faithful. He says that he is marked by truth. He says that he is the Savior. He is compassionate and loving. He's good and upright. He is just. He is forgiving. He reveals his truth to those who fear him. He is gracious and he comforts the lonely. He is powerful to rescue his people from their afflictions and he will redeem his chosen people from all their troubles. As we review these characteristics and attributes of God, I find that it would be nearly impossible for us to become discouraged hearing all of those things. I personally am encouraged. Before we move on, if you're watching this, you can also go to FCCGrayson.com. I forgot to mention this earlier. Go to the message notes. All of these things that I just read are already on the notes section there. So if you're scrambling trying to write them down, just relax just a little bit. It's on our website. But the third thing that I want to introduce to you and propose to you about seeking God properly in times like this is that we must be teachable and willing to walk in God's ways. All throughout the Psalms, again, David asks God to instruct him, to lead him, to guide him. It also includes that we need to be praying. This whole chapter, Psalm 25, the entirety of the chapter is a prayer of David lifted up to God. It also says that we mean that we need to wait on the Lord because his time is not always our time. It means that we need to be teachable and grow in the understanding of God's truth. 
because his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We need to be humble. We need to obey God. We need to fear God. We need to look to God continually. And that is going to require us walking with integrity and walking with uprightness. I absolutely love the way that David begins this chapter of the Psalms when he says, Lord, my God, I trust in you. Lord, my God, I trust in you. Out of all of the things that's happening, out of all of the chaos, Lord, my God, I trust in you. I don't know if there's ever been a more apt time for this to be the cry of our heart. The third theme, no matter how difficult our trials, the Lord is able to deliver us from them for his glory and for our ultimate good. And we've got to be careful here with how we're going to define deliverance because it's easy for us to define what God should be delivering us from by our definition. And that's not always the case. We've got to make sure that we're defining it from a biblical standpoint, not a superficial standpoint, because there's many times what is the desire of my heart, what I think is the best for me, the deliverance that I'm seeking out in my situations, they don't always match up to what God's definition of deliverance in that moment is. And we need to be okay with that because he's God and you're not, period. He's God, I'm not. I want to conclude this morning by just saying this, that I believe that Psalm 25, the entirety of the chapter, encourages me to tell you and encourage you that God can still deliver us. He can still deliver us. He is still where our hope is found. It's found in no one else but Christ and Christ alone. Now, if you're watching this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you've never taken the steps to give your heart to him, to respond to that calling that he is placing on your heart, I encourage you guys, go to FCCGrayson.com, look at the prayer request page, find that, send that communication to us. Comment on this video if you would like somebody to, to contact you. I promise you, myself or one of our staff will get back with you as soon as we possibly can because we want you to know this love and this life that is in Jesus Christ. If you've got other things going on in your life, all of us have situations, we want to be praying specifically for each and every one of you. So I encourage you to utilize that as well. And you can do that right now. I'm going to ask Emily if she would come back over and just sing another worship song for us and worship along with us this morning.
couple things before we end uh, our service here. As far as announcements go, uh, we really, this is going to be the new normal kind of for the foreseeable future. Um, so, you know, we're going to make, again, make the best out of the hand that, uh, that we've been dealt. So we've got some online things coming up this week that we're pretty excited about. Tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock, we're going to be having a live with Pastor Ben uh, here on Facebook, live on the church Facebook page. Wednesday night, we are going to be having a live prayer service that's streaming here on Facebook as well, and we encourage you guys to send your prayer requests in, and we'll be praying over those that night. And on Friday night, Emily uh, is going to be organizing a night of worship, so as long as we're kind of in this online space, we're going to be utilizing those evenings, Monday for a live time with me, Wednesday a live prayer time, and then on Friday, live worship. Before we go, uh, we want to encourage you guys to partake of communion after this service is done with whoever you're with, whether you're with your family, with your friends, if you're watching by yourself. We want to encourage you not to let this day go by without remembering the shed blood, the broken body of Jesus Christ. Because regardless of whether we're in a comfortable situation or not, the only reason that we are here and the only reason that we have hope is because he was willing to come, to die, to offer himself as a sinless sacrifice for this sinful person. Let me pray real quick and we'll, we'll dismiss. God, thank you for the opportunity to share your word, to give you glory, to lift up your name in song, to just be with our brothers and sisters in this online community. God, I pray that each and every one of them are, are well, and that you are blessing them and you're providing for them. God, I pray that you give us strength for these coming times. 
And God, I also pray that each and every one of us would seek you more fervently than ever before. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.